You're listening to the Ask Ava podcast, where we give real answers to real questions from teens and young adults about relationships, consent, dating violence, and more. I'm Jessica Scoltetti. I'm an outreach and community engagement manager at Safe and Sound Somerset. We're an organization in Somerset County, New Jersey, offering free services for people who have witnessed or experienced violence, and we work with children, teens, and adults. So I am very happy to introduce my coworker. Um, his name is Victor Peralta, and he is also a community outreach and engagement manager. Hi, Victor. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So this is a question that we get a lot from young adults and teens and adults, honestly. Um, the question is, what if my partner blames abuse on alcohol? So I'd love to throw it to you first, if you're willing to take it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, your partner has the right to say anything he or she wants to say. However, it is not an excuse. Absolutely not. You cannot use substance abuse, in this case, alcohol, as an excuse for any kind of abuse, period. Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think it's really common um, for people to say like, well, when I was drinking or when I was high or when I was, you know, under the influence of drugs or whatever, um, I wasn't myself, you know, maybe I don't even remember. I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. Maybe they don't apologize. Right. But like, what do you think about that? I think that as individuals, they have the right in this scenario to say what they have to to say the, what they want to say. However, at the end of the day, you're responsible of all the actions that you perform with your hands and your mouth. So in this case, physical abuse, verbal abuse, that is not acceptable. And ultimately, you are responsible for your actions. Mm. That's the way I will, I will answer that question. Uh, you are responsible for any action that you do with your hands and your mouth. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and here's the thing, like, I feel like I've heard people say, well, I don't really remember the whole thing, right? I may have said those things, or I may have threatened that, or I may have done that to you, but I don't really remember, or you're just imagining it, right? But the reality is that whatever you did, right, that person did has an effect on the other person. And it might be something that they bring with them for the rest of their lives because of that one night right? Because of that one action that that person did. Um, they might not remember, but the reality is the things that we say and do affect other people. Absolutely. We are, we should be aware of our actions at all times. Mm -hmm. And whether it is good or bad, it actually impacts the, the people that you are uh, interacting with. In this case, it's, it, you know, somebody using substance abuse as an excuse uh, for their behavior or actions uh, is having, like you said, Jessica, is having a negative impact on that person that's going to be long lasting. Anywhere they go, they're going to bring that with them. Even if you step away from that relationship, the other person, in case that they just, you know, go somewhere else or dissociate themselves from you, now you get stuck with that emotional hurt that is going to be long lasting. Yeah. And, and sometimes when people say, like, oh, it won't happen again. We know 
in our field where we work with survivors of domestic and sexual violence, a lot of times when people say, unfortunately, when people say something won't happen again, it usually does happen again. Not always, but especially if somebody's under the influence, can they guarantee that they'll never pressure you to do something or they'll never hurt you again? No, right? You can't guarantee that. So we know that abuse tends to get worse. And I just wanted to mention that because I think that's something people hear a lot. And then kind of related to what you were just talking about, Victor, like that person might then tiptoe, right? Well, and we call it like walking on eggshells, right? Like tiptoe around the other person, not to make them angry when they're drunk, right? When they're under the influence and you shouldn't have to do that, right? You shouldn't have to protect yourself and be on the defensive when somebody is drinking. So um, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about like the choices that we make when we choose to um, drink alcohol. So I don't know if you have any thoughts to get us started there. Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly, you know, when we make a choice to drink alcohol or any kind of substance that is going to impair your decision making skills, you have to be aware of what you're doing. Mm. Uh, the criminal justice system in this country is set up in such a way that you are responsible ultimately for your actions. And they're not going to really interrogate you as far as your emotions and, or what you, per, you perceive not to be the case. You have to be self-aware that your decisions are going to have an impact. And the person that's going to have to respond to that is you. So yeah. if you're drinking and driving, for example, unfortunately, something bad happens. I mean, it's very sad that you're going to feel bad about it. But the problem is now this happened and you're going to have to now face uh, judgment on that. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you're responsible ultimately for your actions and there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another story we like to tell kind of related to the car situation is like, let's say you're driving, right? And you're under the influence and you get pulled over and you get a DUI, right? So, the, you know, police officer, you, you get charged, you get a ticket you've got to deal with the consequences of that. You're the one who gets charged, right? It's not the car. Like mm -hmm. you might not remember that you got in the car to drive. You might not remember whatever you did while you were driving while intoxicated, right? But ultimately, like you said, Victor, the the responsibility is on you, not the car, right? Um, so it's the same with abuse. It's not the other person's responsibility to, um, you know, stay away from you or like be on the defensive or like expect that you're going to be a certain way. We all make choices. We choose to drink. We choose to say words or threaten words or hurt people physically. Um, and those, unfortunately, those actions have consequences. They have consequences. And I know that it's, it's a difficult situation to be, especially if you, it, it's a difficult situation for both parties, but it's definitely a more difficult situation if you're in the receiving end. In the event that you are in the receiving end of abuse uh, and also the person that's performing the abuse, both parties are fully capable of identifying the fact that they might need help and seeking out experts would be a valuable uh, experience for them. Uh, there's a lot of uh, ways you can actually be engaged into finding answers to your questions. Uh, 
if you know there is help out there uh, that can help you uh, identifying abuse. And if you feel that you either both don't know what abuse is or are having problems identifying what abuse is, there is help out there that can help you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one place that people can know is there is the Safe and Sound Somerset Helpline. Um, I want to pass it to you in a second, Victor, to talk about our services. Um, so get ready. But I think one question we get a lot is like people who are afraid to call the helpline because they think that their problem isn't serious enough, or maybe their partner just said a few things and it wasn't really abuse, which that's not true necessarily, right? Like, I want people to know that the helpline is there, whether it's a crisis situation or not. Like, our advocates are prepared to work with you and and listen and and support you. So, um, Victor, if you have anything to add about that, or if you could talk about more of our services that are free. That would be great. I will have to piggy on that, piggyback on that. If you're sure or if you're not sure, contacting our helpline, which is basically 24 hours, seven days a week uh, in our website. And I'll say the number 866-685-1122. They're one of the most wonderful people and open people you can talk to. They will gladly help you navigate whichever scenario it is. That you're, that you're experiencing. And I would recommend calling them. We have uh, a full array of services in our website. We have a resource center that you can get answers to different resources. Uh, they're categorized very, very well. You can go and navigate our website. I highly recommend, and I know I'm repeating the word website a lot, but I'm excited about our work. So one of the things you can do is go to actually our website. You're gonna find a full array of services that will answer for the most part, most of your questions that you might have. So that's something very important that I, that I am passionate about. That's why I'm pushing it right now in this podcast. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about it is that if you do go to the website, you're going to have gained so much experience and information from the website that you can actually also help others as far as the information in case that that may be the case. Totally. Yeah. And, and some people don't know, but we also have free counseling for children, teens and adults. We have um, a safe house for people who are fleeing immediate violence. This is for 18 and over. Um, sometimes parents bring their children. Um, we have legal advocacy. We have all kinds of services. And all you need to do is is call or text that helpline um, and you can get more information or on the website, like Victor, you were saying. Um so just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And to repeat again what Jessica said, the adult counseling, the group counseling, and the youth and adolescent counseling are very, very well put together programming uh, that our agency has. And lastly, the parent support groups too. Uh, again, the best scenario for you is to check our website. You're going to be pleasantly surprised about all the services that are there. And actually, if I may add something else, one of the beautiful features about the website, and I'm saying beautiful because it's, it's actually good and, and sad, it has a leave site option that you can click in the event that you might feel that you're being watched or you need privacy. You can quickly click on that leave site button and it disappears from your browser. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's, that's great. A lot of... Might need it. 
Yes. And a lot of domestic and sexual violence um, websites have that. So if you're going to go look for information on the internet, just know that, like, look for that little um, button on the side. So that's a great point, Victor. Thank you so much for being here today and talking about this topic that we get tons of questions about. Yes, it's an important topic and I'm glad that I took part of it. Uh, Thank you again for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. To speak with an expert about relationship or sexual violence, call or text the Safe and Sound Somerset 24-7 Confidential Helpline at 866-685-1122 for supportive listening, information, and safety planning. In the United States, you can also call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233 or the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800-656-4673. Want to ask Ava a question? Submit it at www.safe-sound.org slash ask-ava. Thank you for listening today. Join us next time here on Ask Ava.